And welcome to the week five edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast here in the 2023 Texas high school football season. My name is Ryan Fox, privileged to be joined alongside my partner in crime, Kenny Heath. Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good. Uh, What a great week of football we had last week. A few Mm -hmm. uh, minor upsets, you might say. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was fun. You know, a really interesting, what we just talked about is the Comanche-Teller game. We we didn't Mm -hmm. cover it. Yeah, uh, last Ooh. week, but uh, what a surprise that was. A lot of people, you know, without Peyton Brown, Teller looked really good. Yeah, they went out there to, to Comanche, I think, and won 41-18. to 18. And like you mentioned, without Peyton Brown, they're all-world running back. Really, really, really impressive. And, you you know, you heard about it all across all the Texas high school football, you know, platforms, all the all the other podcasts and uh, blogs, articles, wherever you may look uh, Pretty much everyone had Comanche as a consensus favor in that game, and with good reason. Through the first three weeks prior to that game against Tolar, they'd given up a total of eight points, and that was back in week one. And then in weeks two or three, they shut out both their opponents in early and bangs. Now, you know, early and bangs aren't aren't world beaters, obviously, but those are teams that are close to Comanche, so they obviously went with the playing your neighbor route for the most part in their – pre-district play but yeah huge win for jeremy mullins and company over there with the rattlers we're going to get coach mullins on 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 the podcast we had him on last year i think twice so when are you getting back on here again yeah for sure but yeah another great game from last week a shootout and a 3a versus 4a clash as la vega the pirates come out on top over lorena 49 to 42 and that was again a really high scoring game and lorena stuck up well you know we you know we talked about last week when we previewed this game you know La Vega would have a uh, probably considerable advantage when it came to depth and the athleticism, especially when you look at Lorena missing Jaden Porter since the, that uh, week one game at China Spring. But Lorena, despite that, they held their own, but you know they have their own size. They, they have really good uh, offensive and defensive fronts, and they kind of went back and forth with La Vega there. But at the end of the day, Bryson Rowland and that La Vega offense rolled and came out on top, 49-42. But, again, Lorena held their own despite the loss. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what you said, depth. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they're, Lorena's battling injuries. It's not a, a secret. And, you know, just uh, uh, La Vega just outlasted them. You know, got up early on them and just kind of put it in cruise control. Yeah, absolutely. So, La Vega came out on top, 49-42 over Kevin Johnson's uh, Leopard Squad. And the matchup that we watched last week, Whitney came out on top, over the West Trojans at home, 32 to 10, to improve to two and zero in district play. Uh, impressive victory there for the Wildcats. I wasn't at this game, but I did have the stream up uh, back at home, and that Wildcat defense, man, uh, the the West Trojans really from the start couldn't really get anything going. No, you know they, you know West likes to pound. You know they're throwing it more this year, yeah. and they came out trying to run the ball. Really didn't have a whole lot of success running the ball. They threw the ball a little bit. Uh, that's that's probably where they had more offensive success than when they put the ball in the air. Yeah, and I think it was a combination of Whitney's defense playing really well, mm-hmm. and you know, and some uh, you know they had some drops out there, you know, mm-hmm. some miscues, and 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 uh, through. Uh, Crane had a couple interceptions there. You know, one was down inside their 20. Uh, so, yeah, Whitney played a, a good ball game defensively and offensively. I thought Coach Clear had a really good game plan. We talked about them probably doubling up Jared and Anderson, and uh, they did for the most part from what I saw. And I'm not a defensive guru, but it looked like they had a shit safety over the top of him just about every play. And, of course, they went to 88. Marcus Anderson, who had a big game, 200 yards receiving, four touchdowns. And, yeah pretty much had his way with that secondary yeah Marcus Wilson had a huge game Uh, yeah he had over again like you said over 200 receiving yards and four touchdowns and that's a point that we made when we covered this game last week like yeah Jaredon Anderson obviously he's the top guy for the Wildcats he's going to be the the target out wide that draws the most attention from opposing defenses there's no question about that but you got to remember and we made this point last week that Whitney has other weapons to go out throughout the air. They have Caden Tanner. 
They have Marcus Wilson, as was shown last Friday night. And they have, you know, other guys in the backfield. They can't, They got the run game going as well, better than they had at any point in their first three games. The the sophomore back, Jonte Johnson, he had, what, a 70-yard touchdown run yeah, as well? Yeah, Tay-Tay really padded the stats because he had a long – I think the second touchdown or third touchdown of the mm-hmm. game. He took one to the house. And it was the only touchdown that wasn't Marcus Wilson. Yeah, and, and he's a quick – him and Angel Saucedo are both uh, smaller guys. They're both sophomores. They're mm-hmm. But they're really quick and really fast, and that's what you want to see. You want them to see that hole, hit it, and go, and not kind of dance around and, and, and take it outside a lot. Yeah, and this puts Whitney in a prime position too. I mean, that they probably have – you know, you, again, in district play, of course, you don't want to overlook opponents. But this sets them up real nicely as long as they take care of business week by week. That Granby matchup in week eight or nine, that could be for the district championship. Uh, and it could, uh, again, that could be barring how the West Grandview game goes. You know, again, as we've talked about throughout the season, there still doesn't seem to be a clear favorite over the, you know, between Grandview, Whitney, and West. There's no clear favorite over a guaranteed spot to take this district championship. I think Whitney, you know, elevated themselves into the conversation a little bit more after that win last week. But, you know, Still, I, I, I don't think there's a completely clear favorite, but, I mean, Whitney set themselves up really nice. And, again, that could that matchup with Grandview later in the year could very well be for the district championship. Yeah, and you think uh, – so last week we used the term measuring stick a bunch. Yes. You know, this week, you know, this is kind of like Bill Parcells said, you are what you are because mm-hmm. you got Maypro Grandview. So Maypro's been uh, rolling kids. Well, yep. now you're fixing to play Grandview. You're going to figure out mm-hmm. who you are. You got Lorena Cameron Yo. You're you're going to figure out who you are. Valley Mills Moody. You yep. know, that team, like, they, they may be battling for a fourth round, uh, fourth uh, place spot. So, last week was kind of a measuring stick. This week is we're going to find out who you really are with, like, a Conley Brownwood, uh, you know, game this week. So, this will be fun. Hillsboro Robinson, you know, both 4 AD2. Mm-hmm. They're not in the same district, but you're going to figure out kind of who you are. Yeah, for sure. And, again, talking about the Wildcats, their schedule, you know, Again, you, you have May Pearl later in the point or later in the season. <coughs> but, um, <coughs> excuse me, but we're, we're going to uh, learn a lot about the Panthers this week because yes, they're four and zero, but uh, they're they're going against their longtime rival in Grandview, and uh, the these guys they haven't beaten May Pearl, they haven't beat Grandview since 2017, and they're probably right now in the most prime position to go over there and get the win than they have been in a long time. Are you talking uh, about Whitney? No, no, Maypearl. May, okay. May, Maypearl. Yeah, I remember that Maypearl yeah. uh, Grammy. That was a shocker. Yeah, and that's when they still had uh, Ernest Crown over. Now, now, Zach Smith was a quarterback. Yep, yeah. yep. And uh, Zach Smith, he played some D1 ball. I think he played over at Tulsa there yep. for a little bit. And Ernest Crown over the tailback that year, he's still, he's still the – one of the feature backs over at Texas A&M this year. He scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago uh, in their game at Miami. I so his brother's still there, too. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Dede. Dede. Demetrius. Yes, yeah, Dede, big, the, big dude. The, yeah, really big. Yeah, he, he's like 6'8", 6'9", something like that. Really big dude. He played defensive end a lot uh, in high school. He, he's kind of de- defensive end slash uh, – tight end but I think they have him as an offensive lineman now I think he's gotten a little bit bigger too so yeah all the crown to the crown overs over there at Texas A&M but and again uh the really big staples over there at Grandview but that'll be a good that'll be a really big game rivalry game we'll dive into that later on another game from last week again you know when you look at it, it's not a surprising result, but we both had Centerville taking the win at Mart last week, but Mart takes care of business 36-21. Yeah, you just teach you you can't underestimate Mart, man. No, They're never. such a great program, and, of course, we, we we're always praising those guys over there, but – yeah, I was kind of surprised because uh, the way uh, Centerville played and played a really tough uh, Teague team down for one point, beat Crawford. Yeah, their defense had been spectacular yeah. up to that point. Yeah, so. but, you know, they probably hadn't seen anybody with the speed that Mart has. Mm-hmm. Although I think Teague is pretty fast, but, uh, yeah, Mart's just got speed that a lot of – 3A teams don't have much less a D2, 2A team. Yeah, for sure. But that was a, that was a great matchup. You have the number four team in 2A Division One uh, in Centerville, then traveling to the number one team in 2A Division Two in Mart. And, you know, the number one team in, two, in the lower division comes out and takes care of business. So a great win for Kevin Hoffman and company as they remain unbeaten on the year. And then a, a Class 4A matchup that we covered last week, China Springs 61 and Conley 41. I think it's safe to say this game – 
pretty much turned out the way we thought it would. Yeah, and I think we said this will probably tell you more about Conley than it would mm-hmm. China Spring. Uh, and, you know, if I'm Conley, I'm fine. You know, yeah. That, it's kind of like Don Hyde said uh, last week. Uh, they're worried about winning games, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, and not 1, 2, 3, and 4. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, maybe not last week, week before. But, yeah, if I'm Conley, hey, you went out and you showed out. You know, that's that's a two-time defending state champion over yep. there, one of your rivals. You, you play them a lot. So, you know, you probably wanted to win the game, but I heard it was a, a really uh, raucous atmosphere, or raucous, <laughs> however you want to say it, atmosphere yeah, over there yeah. in, in China Spring. I'd have loved to, to go to that guy. I heard, you know, there weren't any seats around. You know, people were just standing oh, everywhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, but, yeah, if, if you're Conley, you know, don't there's no reason to hang your head. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, again, we, we say this about a lot of teams here on the podcast, but China Spring is one of those teams that when you play them, win, lose, or draw, you're going to come out of that game, if you're healthy, a better football team. And I think that's exactly the case for Connolly here. And, again, that's how, that's how their pre-district rolls. I mean, and, again, we'll we'll dive into it later on the show, but they're, roll, they're going to be going to Gorewood Stadium and taking on an undefeated Brownwood team this week. So it'll be huge to see how they come out of that one. And then uh, another – Really nice result from last week. How about Academy fifty-five to twenty-eight winners over Salado? Uh, Academy man, they're they're looking better and better every single week. They are, and man, that running back Cavalli uh, Neely, <laughs> so he's good. a stud. And I, I, I did not watch any of their film. I did look at some box scores, and mm-hmm. I think he got his yards. But Casey Mraz had a great game yeah. too. Quarterback for Academy. Academy is really good, man. Yep. And I just, you know, if they end up knocking off Yo or Lorena, it's not going to surprise me. You know, I don't no. know that they can beat a Franklin, but, you know, that's why you line up and play the game. So that district is probably the most interesting district in the state as far as 3A is concerned, just to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I think if I remember correctly – did you when we had our uh, season uh, preview earlier before the season started? Did you have Academy taking a playoff spot? I can't remember if you did or not. I didn't. I didn't. But I, 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 I think I, in that district, I had Yo finishing second in front of Lorena, mm-hmm. and I believe I had Academy in fourth, and okay. thought Rockdale with their new coach would, would kind of battle mm-hmm. for that one. But uh, I think, I think, I, I think. I think you're right. I think we had one through three the same, but that four spot I had Rockdale and you had uh, Academy, and it's looking so far that you're going to take the cake on that well, one. Well, I got lucky because I had no idea who Cavalli Neely was. <laughs> now I, I don't think anyone I knew, did. Of course, until... I knew who Casey Mraz was, but uh, man, that running back, and I think he's got a brother on the team too. Mm-hmm. They're impressive. Yeah, and especially with. And again, we talked about it earlier in the year, but with losing a great coach like Chris Lancaster, who's done a phenomenal job at Robinson so far, he's got that team three and one, three game winning streak after a week one loss. So they're on a roll. And to hire their offensive coordinator from within, and they just haven't missed a beat, especially offensively, scoring 55 points against a really solid four, no, Salado's, they're 4A, a really solid 4A team that will be a playoff team in Class 4A to go out there and beat them by 27, huge win for the Bumblebees. And I think that says a lot, uh, not only as Coach Lancaster is a coach, but he, he can also build a staff, you know, to Mm -hmm. leave, and hey, they're going to promote that OC that he, he brought on board, and they didn't miss a beat, like you said. Yeah, so great slate of games last week. Uh, I think I think really every game turned out the way we expected, aside from that uh, Mark Centerville game. But, again, it's no surprise Mark goes out and, and wins a game, especially at home. I mean, can you think of the last time that the Mark Panthers lost a game in Mark? I mean, especially that new stadium. Has it ever happened? I have no idea. I doubt it. Very. <laughs> it I would put money that it didn't. But. It, it probably had – I think I remember a couple of years – while I was still in high school, I think it was like 2017 or 2018 they hosted they hosted Franklin, and I think they lost that game. But that's – at least off the top of my head, that's the only time I can remember a team going to Mart and beating them. Yeah, so that's a tough thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, a great slate of games from last week. And uh, before we dive into our week five preview, we, of course, have our weekly Matt Step question of the week. And the question from Matt Sepp was, with uh, district play starting across the state last year and or this week and in Central Texas, what is a district matchup that you'll be keeping an eye on? And uh, Matt Stepp's answer was, the uh, District 12 6A title, to me, is on the line this week when Pflugerville-Weiss takes on Harker Heights. These are two 
Uh, these are the two most consistent teams uh, in District 12, and this game could have massive implica- implications if both wind up in Division 2. Winner gets a home game, and loser has to play at DeSoto in by district. And, uh, yeah, th- I, th- I think that's a great choice for sure. Uh, again, 12-6A, the only 6A district that we cover uh, with, uh, you know, Temple, Harker Heights, and all those guys. But, yeah, that's going to be a huge game this week. Uh, Harker Heights, they're coming off a big win against Permian last week. And, yeah, this could very well set them up because – and he brought up a great point, Matt Stubbed as well, because DeSoto has been that first or second round bugaboo for Harker Heights for the last couple years. So winning this game for Harker Heights could very well get them out of playing DeSoto in the first or second round, which would be massive. So, And, again, he's probably right. This could be for the district championship. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy for the Knights. Cause, no. Man, Fleury Weiss, our old buddy Coach Mack, that's yep. one of his teams. He's the AD there. and. You know, they're 4-0, uh, quality wins against Round, Walk, Round Rock, Austin LBJ, Converse mm-hmm. Judson, a close one last week against New Bronzels. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think I need to do a better job of researching these 6A schools than I do because <laughs> yeah. I kind of get pigeonholed in these smaller schools. We're, we're small-town junkies. Yeah. But, uh, man, it's going to be a good game. And, and uh, you know, Harker Heights is 2-2, two and two, but I, th- I think they're going to be up for the fight. You know, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be – I think it's going to be a close game. I, I really think it will. I, I think – you know, both teams are really, really good offensively. Harker Heights, not as good as they were last year. But when you lose a guy like Rashawn Sanford, that tends to happen. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, it'll be a really, really great game. And I agree with Matt Steps. I think that will be for the 12-6A district championship. So thanks again to Matt Stepp, as always, for joining or for sending in his uh, answer for the question of the week, especially while he's on uh, – on a business trip as yeah. well. He's over in Florida this week, so we appreciate Matt Stepp, even on a business trip, uh, taking the time to answer a question for us. And uh, so now we will hop in to our Week 5 preview, and we will start 2-2 two and two Hillsborough on the road at 3-1 three, three and one Robinson. But before we dive into this game, uh, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Hillsborough Eagles, Stephen Almute. Here is Kenny's interview with Coach Almute. Okay, I'm here with Coach Steve Almute, the head football coach for the Hillsboro Eagles. Coach, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me this morning. Yes, sir. Hey, we appreciate you hopping on. Hey, so we talked uh, earlier in the year, uh, Trey, a few text messages about your team. And uh, one thing we didn't know, I didn't know, that, uh, you know, you lost your offensive coordinator, Coach Little, went to, to Riesel. Now you got a new OC. Uh, how's that? I, I know it's going to take time to kind of get that going, but how are you feeling about that so far? You know, we were lucky to get Coach Little to begin with whenever he left Taylor. Uh, I've coached against him a long time ago whenever I was at Kearns and he was at Chilton. Uh, he had an opportunity to re- return back to Riesel. So, you know, whenever guy has an opportunity to become a head coach again, uh, that's what his desire was. You know, you can't hold back on that, you know. And uh, we moved forward, had an idea that he was possibly going to leave. So, you know, as head coaches kind of – look forward in the future and uh, plan for stuff like that. So, you know, we ended up hiring William Braswell. He's been around for a long time, uh, been to many of schools. Uh, I've known him, uh, I mean, uh, early 2000s. And uh, I've always had an opportunity uh, when I've interviewed for a head coaching position to uh, always call him to see if he's interested to come and join me. Uh, it was never, never came to fruition until now so uh third time's a charm you say <laughs> so uh you know uh, the kids are adjusting well uh, you know it takes a little bit of time to uh get uh new lingo on uh, stuff but the kids picked it up really really fast and uh you know uh we're starting to gel well coach you're two and two very easily could be three and one uh <laughs> tough game there at home with y'all uh yes, sir. I was at that game. I mean, yes, sir. every time Ezra and Emery touched the ball, I was scared to death that he was going to go. <laughs> Not scared to death. I just – I knew there was a chance he could take it to the house. And, yes, sir. you know, he had a heck of a game last week against Gerald. Uh, tell us about Ezra, man. What a, what a great player he is. You know, he's he's a, he's a little spark plug. You know, he's not very big, but he, he – I mean, he's, he's our mighty mouse. You know, he's uh, dynamic on both sides of the football. Uh, when he puts his mind to something that he wants to accomplish, he gets it done. You know, uh, you know, he just, you know, he's he's a key cog on both sides of our football. 
And so you you got a couple of guys over there, and, and I, I saw. Have you made a change at quarterback? Uh, you know, Rangel played a little bit, but I, I saw that you had a. Uh, well, I forgot. Did you? Who? Uh, uh, Brooks. Yeah, Torin Brooks. I'm sorry, his name slipped my mind. You know, you know, early in the uh, process, two a days and a couple of scrimmages. You know, both of those guys got equal reps, and you know, early in the season, we thought the best thing for our team was to go ahead and move forward with, with just one of them. And uh, Torrey's, you know, he plays both ways. And he's he's a, a big part of our offense and defense. So, you know, we kind of, you know, if we put him back at quarterback, we kind of thought they might be, you know, we, we count on on defense a little bit. Uh, so we kind of uh, put that on the back burner and, and, you know, but it was always in our back of our mind that he's, he's capable of, Doing what he did Friday night and lead, and lead us as a as the, as the quarterback. So uh, you know, Mo's got dinged up a little bit against the academy, and and uh, it gave Tory a little opportunity to take take the reins at that position. You know, and last year we did the same thing with uh, Moses and Tory uh, uh, a little bit also. So it's nothing new for us to be able to go back and forth to two quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, you got Robinson coming up. Uh, Coach Lancaster, first year over there, he's kind of got that that uh, program looking like they're heading in the right direction. Where do you expect now the uh, the Rockets? Man, those guys are going to be physical and going to be well coached. You know, we we scrimmaged and played academy uh, ever since we've been here since 2019. So, uh, you know, Coach Lancaster was over there uh, the last three before he moved to Robinson. So we're. We're kind of familiar with each other on uh, schemes a little bit. He's changed a little bit, not much on offense, uh, a little bit on defense. Uh, you know, he's an even front guy at the academy now. He's a little odd front, goes back and forth. He's multiple on that part. But, you know, watching them on film, and uh, they're, they're well coached. Uh, they're going to be physical on both sides of the football. And, you know, it's going to come down to the guys in the trenches this week. Hey, Coach, let me uh, – so I haven't done this this year, but I'm going to do it because, you know, we're, we're right down the road from each other. So what do you have what's – your, what's your go-to place in Hillsborough? What's your, what's your favorite place to go eat at? Like, do you got a, a pregame meal, like a place spot you like to go to before a game, or what's your go-to there in Hillsborough? You know, I mean, we tried to hit – it's kind of funny you say that. You know, during, during uh, professional development, us coaches, we, when we go to lunch, we try to hit all the spots, you know. Um, not many people know this, but I'm a I'm a vegetarian. Oh, really? So, okay. You know, so you're not going to Williams Drive-In and getting a burger, are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that you said that. My wife, she went to Williams one day and asked for a veggie burger because, you know, most everybody's got black bean patties and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so she goes and asks for a vegetable, uh, a veggie burger or whatever. <laughs> and by golly, it was straight vegetables. I'm telling you, uh, really? pickles and lettuce on some bread. And I look at it like, really? <laughs> so, a salad so, burger. Uh, I'm not strictly, you know, I'm called a lacto-vegetarian. So I can eat dairy a little bit and stuff like that. So, you know, quesadillas is my... Thing. So Elkhorn uh, is, is a place that I enjoy going. To. Oh, you can't beat Elkhorn. Good spot. No, no, no. Well, hey man, we appreciate you hopping on here. Good luck Friday night against the Robinson Rockets, and uh, let's let's talk again around playoff time. You man, I'm I'm free. I'm uh, you know, it's kind of funny that you start getting little phone calls when you score 75 points. That day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, we become Fox 44. Uh, Game of the week at Robinson. You called, and it's like, man, good pub. I, I don't mind talking about our kids. Well, you know, we talked about it, you know, real quick before the, you know, in our season preview. We just really thought Hilton, y'all were going to be better. I thought the defense was going to be better. It's another year that you got those guys in your program, and you know, Hillsboro's always got some some good athletes over there. And I just, you know, kind of a matter of time until you got those dudes turned around. And I, I think y'all are really going to do well in district. You know, I'm looking forward well, to that. You know, and, you know. It, you know, the district seems pretty balanced. You look at everybody's records and, and who's beating who, and it's kind of a little turned upside down a little bit. So uh, it's going to be interesting in a couple of weeks when we strike it up. But, you know, uh, we got to stay healthy and, and take care of us, you know, and, and worry about us and, and go 1-0 and each week, and that's our goal. So, uh, But I appreciate you having me, and, and 
Best talk later in the year. Hey, Coach, I appreciate it. You have a good day, buddy. Yes, sir. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Hillsborough Eagles, Stephen Almute. Thanks again to Coach Almute for joining us this week. Ahead of their big game on the road at 3-1 Robinson. Uh, this is going to be a great game, Kenny. Again, this is a pre-district game. Hillsborough in uh, one of those few five-team districts. So they won't start a district play until like week seven or something. So uh, huge pre-district game here. And Robinson the same, also in a five-team district. Uh, what do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, you know, Coach uh, Lancaster over Robinson, he's running the ball a lot over there. He's got yep. like a, a dual, you know, head running back and uh, Stephen Knight and uh, Lujan. Christian Lujan. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Hillsborough and, and a guy we didn't talk about in the in the uh, interview with Coach um, tell you is J- Jaden Magruder. I mean, this dude has got a motor. He plays nose or two-tech tinker or anchor, whatever you call it. Yeah. But he has really got a motor. they got really good linebackers in Ezra and Emery. And uh, company, so that's what I think the key is: is can they stop that running game of Robinson's? And uh, you know, the way Ezra and Emery's playing is a two-way player. I'm sure he plays every snap of the game. He rushed for, scored seven touchdowns, rushed for 300 something yards last week against uh, Gerald. Uh, I'm gonna give the edge to Hillsborough. I just mm-hmm. think that uh, that running game they got. Uh, they made a switch at quarterback. This quarter, they, they like to run that speed option to the to the mm-hmm. short side of the field, and they do really well at it. And they've got a guy at quarterback now that can book it. So I think that that's probably the key. Uh, I think they're going to be able to run the ball against Robinson. I think they can probably stop the, the run as well. So I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Hillsborough. So I was at this game last year uh, when it was played at Hillsborough, and it was a great game. Robinson took a huge early, I think it was like a 20, 24 nothing or 27 nothing lead or something like that. And then Hillsborough storms all the way back to win 33 to 27 it was a crazy comeback awesome game and just it was just a really fun football game but again you look at this year this Robinson team completely different different coaching staff different schemes same players and they're playing really well they lost uh, back in week one they're on a three-game winning streak they lost back in uh, week one uh, their season opener to Waco University uh, 43 to 21 but ever since then they played very well they beat a Caldwell team that's a little down but they shut them out 28 to nothing they beat a really solid Taylor team 28 24 that game was in comeback that win was in comeback fashion as well and then a very like business taking care of business W with a 32 14 win at Fairfield last week so this Rockets team is on a roll they're again like like you would expect under a brand new coach especially a coach like Chris Lancaster their team that's only getting better week by week week by week and um they've again they've taken care of business in comfortable fashion the last three weeks and I'm gonna give the edge to the Rockets in this one I I think I definitely could see that mm, but I I think I think this game's going to be a shootout, though. I think it's going to be high scoring last year. I don't think it'll play out like last year where one team jumps up 27 nothing and then gives up 33 unanswered or however the game played out. But I think it'll be high scoring, and I think it'll be one of those games where whoever has the ball last will, will win. And I think you know Robinson has the slight advantage being at home, but I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And like Coach Almute said – it's going to be a really physical football game. Both these teams are going to want to hit and hit each other hard, too. Both teams are going to come out, come out of this game sore, and I think both teams are going to come out of this game better. So I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the Rockets at home in this one. Yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I'd like to go watch this one. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll take Robinson in this one, and you'll take the visiting Hillsborough Eagles. And so now let's jump into this uh, a district matchup here. A district opener, I believe, as Lorena will go down to Cameron to take on the Cameron Yeoman at 1-3. and three, But uh, that 1-3 and three record's a little deceptive. And the same with the 2-2 two and two for Lorena. Both teams have had absolutely – crazy tough non-district schedules i mean you look at yo they played uh 
or I'm sorry, Lorena, they played uh, China Spring, and Yo's played uh, tough opponents uh, like um, Connolly, Belleville. Connolly. I'm I'm trying to think of the three A, the Yoakum, Yoakum. They played Yoakum as well, and yeah, Belleville, a really good Belleville team, and then Connolly. Um, yeah, both teams have played, and then Lorena, they played La Vega last week, and that's no yeah. that's no cakewalk either. So both teams. I think both teams are battle tested now. With Lorena, the question is: Will they, Will Jaden Porter be back? You know, he he's been out with an injury since week one at China Spring, and you know we don't really know the status of where he is. Maybe maybe it's a precautionary thing where they're saving him for district. And if that is the case, then we could see Jaden Porter coming back for this game at Yo. But and the question is: With both teams having tough non-district schedules, are they battle hardened or are they beaten up? And I think. The question is, which team is more beaten up and which team can, you know, work that soreness out and start off 1-0 in district? I, I think this would be a good game. Uh, who do you have in this one? You know, I, it's hard. This game it's, it's last tough. year came down to a pick six mm-hmm. and a kickoff return for a touchdown for Yo. And uh, I talked to Coach Rose. We talked to Coach Rose last year after this game. And, uh, you know, I said, well, when you went into this game, did you feel like that – you needed that type of score to hang in it because you know back then Lorena was a defending state champ and they were a top ten yeah, ranked top yeah. ten team mm-hmm. and he's like no nah, you know really didn't think that you know we went into this ball game thinking we could beat them and I think they think that they can beat them oh yeah but one thing they got this year is that Caden Roberts and he can throw the ball but he can run it really well and him and Braylon Henry uh, have done a really good job of running the ball uh, you look at Yo with Braylon Drake who's a really good quarterback Kadarius mm-hmm. Bradley runs the ball well they got a good receiver in Goolsby. Uh, I think the special teams part will probably come down to Yo being mm-hmm. better. Uh, I've got Yo winning this one, kind of like last okay. year. I got Yo, and like, this is the first time we've probably differed on the first two games. I'm taking I'm taking Lorena. I'm taking Lorena on the road here. But again, this is one of those team one of those games where both teams, yeah, it's the district opener, but both teams went through a gauntlet of a pre pre district schedule. So both teams are absolutely battle tested there's no doubt about that but who which team's more beaten up you know which team can you know play hard despite the soreness and the injuries that they've had to go through in the pre-district pre-district schedule and come out on top and i think this game could go either way i will not be surprised one bit if the cameron yeoman win a game at home not surprised at all but i'll take kevin johnson's lorena squad so now let's jump into another Class 3 Division One district matchup. Not a district opener, uh, but this is week three of a district play in District 7, 3 Division One, as the unbeaten Maypearl Panthers coming off their bye week will travel to Grandview to take on their longtime rivals, the Zebras at 3-1. and one. Uh, Maypearl has been dominant so far this season. They've won their first three games by an average of 48 points. That's been the point differential in their first three wins. But they haven't faced a team like Grandview yet. And, again, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Maypearl hasn't won against Grandview since 2017. But a note about that game, that game was at Grandview when they won that last time as well. So I think for the first time since that 2017 season, Maypearl is probably in their best position to, if they're going to get a win over their longtime rivals, this could be the year to do it. Yeah, and like we said uh, in the beginning, this is kind of you are what you are ball game yep. right here. You know, Maypearl comes in undefeated. Uh, Grandview's got a loss against the top ranked, well, what is Malakoff? Three, you know. They're, they're like two or three. Best team in Region 2 by yeah. far. Uh, I, I mean, they're, 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 top, they're top 10 on Dave yeah. Campbell's. Yeah, they're and good. And so, you know, if you look at Grandview, they've got a really good running back in Casey Cannon. they got the quarterback in Ryder Hayes. they got Jaleel Allen. they got the Colin kids at receiver. Coach Evner always plays really good defense. He's a defensive guy. And uh, Coach Amaron over at Maypearl, first year there, you're hearing a lot of good things coming out of Maypearl. You know, oh, yeah. kind of a re- you know, the Maypearl kids are always tough. Last year was kind mm-hmm. of an anom- anomaly for them. West hanging 70 or 80 or however many points they, they hung mm-hmm. on them. Those kids usually fight till the end, and it's, it's not an easy ball game. Uh, you know, they're, they're running the ball. They got a good little running back over this year. They're slinging around a little bit. But I just probably don't think Maypearl's there yet. You know, I haven't watched a whole lot. I've seen some highlights of them uh, on Twitter. They're, I think their superintendent does a good job of promoting mm-hmm. their program. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to have to go Grandview just because it's Grandview, Maypearl. I'm with you. I think I think you made a great point. I think Maypearl is a year away from being district championship 
uh, or maybe a year or two. Playoff contender. Uh, I, okay, okay. We'll, I we'll think go, they're we'll going to make it this year, but maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe just like you know, if they reseed this district the same way they do last mm. year, it, it will depend on how they let. Because again, that's a good point. Next year will be a realignment year, so this district could be the exact same, or it could be completely different. You never know. But if, if it did, uh, if they did the district the same way, I would. A lot of teams have picked – a lot of people have picked Madison to make the playoffs in this district mm-hmm. and Maypro not. I think next year after this show and Maypro is going to show that they'll probably be the consensus, you know, mm-hmm. playoff team. They're, everybody's going to think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people probably would say Madison. I think I think Maypro beats Madison this year. I don't know. We'll have, yeah. to, see, we'll have to see at one, one point. In the, well, I'm just like the magazine had, yeah, yeah, had I, Madison. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I got you. But, well, I th- yeah, I think they're – a year away from being more competitive. I think I think that's a good spot to be to be in a spot where they're consistent, you know, you know, they're making consistent appearances in the playoffs. I think they're heading in that direction, no doubt about it. And they've had a really strong start to the season as we mentioned before, but they're playing at Grandview this week. I th- I think you made a great point. I think they're like what you said, they're just not quite there yet. It's at least not to you know, fully compete with Grandview. I think it could be one of those games where it's close for a quarter maybe and then Grandview just kind of pulls away and takes control. Uh, yeah, I think I think you and I both have Grandview in this one. So, yeah, we'll both have Grandview getting the win at home to prove to 4-1 and one and remaining unbeaten in district play. And how about this? We talked about this one at the top of the show as well. Connolly at 3-1 and one, coming off their first loss of the season against China Spring. No shame in that one. But they got another tough test here going to Gordon Wood Stadium and taking on the unbeaten Brownwood Lions. What do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, one thing I do, I mean, no matter how athletic Connolly is, you know, their defense is going to have to get better. They've mm-hmm. given up a lot of points this yeah. year. Uh and they played some really good teams, you know. Mm-hmm. There's, but I think a game like, you know, we don't know much about – we know Brownwood's good. They're a top-ten team. Mm-hmm. Assuming they run the ball a lot. I don't. I don't, oh, haven't found pro- a whole lot of stats. Th- that's been their mantra for a yeah. long time. And then you look, you know, of course, Conley, it's the same thing every week. You got Kiefer Sibley, Kobe Black, Jamari Vincent, and probably two or three other dudes that we haven't heard yet that next year are going to be three-star, four-star guys. Yeah. Uh, I think Conley's firepower just – you know, they got dropped out of the top ten this week. Uh, Madisonville got moved in. I think uh, they beat Brownwood and they they hopped back in that. I, I think I think they I think they get the win as well. Now you look at Brownwood's schedule. Yes, they're four and zero, but you look at their schedule. They beat they got their opening win at Abilene Wiley, five A program, mm-hmm. and they beat them by fourteen. Pretty good pretty good win to start the season, and then they go at home. And they beat Marble Falls 56-7. Not much to say there. Marble Falls, as much as we love Chaparral, that's still a, develop, <laughs> develop, a, a developing program. Yeah. And they beat Marble Falls by two or three touchdowns. Yeah. So Marble and, Falls is – And I feel sorry for Marble Falls. Cousin Dale used to mm-hmm. be the AD head football coach there a while back. And they were good a couple of years ago. Yeah, they were. They're they, kind of on down. They're down right now. We were talking about before. They are playing Liberty Hill in the fourth round of the playoffs just a few years ago. So, yeah. so that, that program's just way, way down. And they beat a is Burnett is Burnett a four eight? I think Burnett is a four eight. I think team. so. Yeah. And they beat Burnett at home by fourteen points, and then they traveled to Glen Rose last week and got a nice win, forty six to thirty four, twelve point victory. A Glen Rose team that's a little bit down, but will still obviously be fighting for their district's championship, no doubt about yeah. it. So, you know, they haven't really beaten it. Brownwood hasn't really played any world beaters yet. I think this will be their first, like, really true test in Connolly. And, again, I think, like you mentioned before, this is going to come down to Connolly's defense because they're going to – you have Kiefer Sibley. You're going to score points. There's no doubt about it. But you got to find a way, especially with a run-first team like Brownwood, to get your defense off the field and keep Brownwood's offense on the field. Because with Brownwood's offense, they're going to want to run the ball, control the clock, and just keep that explosive – Connolly offense off the field as much as possible and if you're Connolly you have to make sure the exact opposite happens so you know we have a lot of questions about Connolly's defense but I think talent wise overall I think Connolly wins in that department I think I think they go on the road and get a win as well especially you know Brownwood's a good team 
But they're not the same level in the team that Conley saw last week in China Spring. No, 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 no. I mean, nothing against Brownwood, but no, you know, not China at all. Spring's a two-time defending state champ. Mm-hmm. Bringing back their, you know, mm-hmm. three, four-star quarterback, whatever yeah. he is. Brownwood's uh, got great, great tradition of their own. Oh, absolutely. But they haven't been like state contenders for a little while now. So, yeah. But yeah, I think I think we'll both have Conley taking the road win on this one and hand. Uh, Brown with their first loss of the regular season. And now let's jump into our next game, another district matchup. Um, probably one of the few occasions we'll have a you know, zero-win team at this point in the season. Zero and four Mejia, but again, you look at Mejia's pre-district schedule, Connolly, Franklin, China Spring, and Gatesville. How many teams could come out of that pre-district, pre-district schedule with at least one win. What did Jay Black say last year that my head needs to fire their <laughs> schedule maker? Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Need to fire. I mean, this schedule was made before the last realignment. Yeah. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, that's before Aaron Knoll got there. Yeah, so, so they did. Aaron yeah. Knoll's had to suffer for the last eighties <laughs> schedule planning. But again, you know, that's a you know, and it's a, it's the same thing, same discussion that we talked about earlier with the Lorena and Yo game. Is Mejia battle-tested, or are they beaten up? And this is a good Grosbeck team they're facing now. Grosbeck's 3-1, and one, and their lone loss was a couple weeks ago, a kind of a head-scratcher, if you ask me, 2013 loss at home to Marlin, a Marlin team that hadn't won a game previously before that point. So, But that's the only outlier in Grosbeck's schedule on the loss. So, Yeah, well, you know, Marlin – Forfeited a game and lost to Mart. So, you know, that, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I think that Marlon's still a good squad. But if and, you look at yeah. Grossbeck, you know, they've got a three-headed trio at running back. Mm-hmm. One's a freshman, Jordan Smith. He's rushed for 500 yards. And you got a, a, a junior in Platt who stepped up big last year. When he, I think he played a little quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, they, their quarterback was out for the year. And they, then, like, they like to run the ball. Yeah, then a sophomore in mm-hmm. Gibson. And that's kind of – Sounds strange coming from a Coach Bomar team because you mm. think he's a spread guy, mm-hmm. spread him out, throw the deep ball. But uh, they're really running the ball well. And, you know, I'm going to go with the Goats. Yeah, Coach Bomar, he's been doing it for a long time. <laughs> and like good coaches that have been at it for so long, they know how to adjust their – you know their scheme to their personnel and if he has a team where he probably f- wanting to run the ball a lot of course Grosbeck always has athletes but there he the fact that they want to want to run the ball so much that says for coach Bomar that he thinks that he trusts or he has great faith in their offensive line and I think that's paid dividends for them so far this year they've had a really really good run attack um, of course, that's the reason they're three and one. Like you said, the three-headed monster in the backfield that they got with those guys. Who do you have in this one? I got Grossbeck. Sorry, I, I was looking ahead of the next game. Yeah, I got I got the goats. You know, Coach Barmer, like you said, he's been around forever. Old Wiley coaching veteran, and yeah, I got a, I got the goats and their their running attack. I'll take I'll take the goats at home as well. So now let's jump into our next game, staying in Class Three Division One, and a. Uh, we we covered a game from this district earlier with Lorena and Yo. Now you got Troy at three and one, much like Robinson. They had that opening, uh, that week one loss at Whitney, and have rolled off three straight wins since. And they're taking an unbeaten Academy team, which again, as we talked about at the top of the show, a dominant fifty five twenty eight victory over a solid four A team in Salado, and really with. With Academy, they've dominated pretty much every opponent. Aside from a three-point win at Lago Vista, their other three victories, their margin of victory in that three-game stretch is 23 points per game. So they've handled most of their three of their four wins by three scores. So this is an Academy team that's rolling. We talked about it before, just with Chris Lancaster leaving, they hired from within, and they just haven't missed a beat. Um, I think this game is going to be really close. I, I think... I think it – well, I think – this is what I think. I think it'll be close to start, but I think it'll be one of those things where Academy pulls away towards the end. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think it may be, you know, a, a trading scores early on, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, halfway through the th- third quarter, and then, you know, Academy starts to pull away. You know, we know about – we've talked about Cavalli Neely and we've talked about uh, Casey Miraz, but when you look at Troy – 
you know, Joseph McMurtry has been really good this year. Mm-hmm. He's thrown for over a thousand yards the first time in this system. You know, wow. th- it's brand new. Uh, you We're know, not eight, even the halfway point of the yeah, season either. Eight wow. TDs. You know, he's turned the ball over five picks, but you know that's you know going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Reed Ketchum is one of the best receivers in the in the in the area. You know, he's uh, let's see how many yards he's got five hundred fifty one yards, mm-hmm. several t- uh, five touchdowns. So. That's a pretty good little pass catch combo they have there. They run the ball a little bit. Uh, I think they, I think Troy will hang with them for a little bit, but I think eventually uh, Academy kind of pulls away. I agree completely. I think it's going to be a great game, and this will be a great, like a term we use a lot, measuring stick game for Troy to really find out where they are as they're still adjusting to this heavy pass offense. But well, with this district schedule, they're going to find out exactly yeah, where they are, and, and you know. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, you know, maybe you know, like a May Pearl. I think they're ahead of where May Pearl's at, mm-hmm. just because of the competition they play. But you know, going forward next year and the year after, who knows what district they're going to end up in? And I think they're going. I think Coach Brashear's got a a good thing going down there. Oh yeah, no doubt. And it, it's. Uh... Man, I want to pick Troy so bad, but I think I think it is going to be Academy at home. I I, I do want to pick Troy really bad though, but I'll, I'll take Academy in this one, and you'll agree. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we'll take uh, Academy to get the home win and stay unbeaten at home. So now, now let's dive back down to Class Two A, where we have two and two Cayuga heading on the road to take on the unbeaten Axtell Longhorns. But before we dive into this game, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the unbeaten Axtell Longhorns, Coach Craig Horn. Here's Kenny's interview with Coach Horn. All right, I'm here with Coach Craig Horn, athletic director, head football coach for the Axtell Longhorns. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, man, thanks for hopping on. I know it's a busy week. You're starting district uh, this week against Cayuga. But first, let's talk about we had uh, – traded a few text messages uh, at the beginning of the year kind of asking you how you thought your team was and you really thought that they were going to be a lot faster this year a little bit stronger or a lot stronger kind of take us into your off-season program and why you think that way well we, we probably don't lift weights the same way uh, a lot of people do and uh, I know we don't lift weights the same way you know like guys like you and I grew up lifting uh so we're not real big into the, the, the big, uh, powerful Olympic top lifts. So we lift weights to get faster, to increase vertical ability. Uh, when you do that, you do get stronger. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, we, we have guys that can throw around quite a bit of weight, but most of the things that we do are, are, are generated around it increasing speed and, and again increasing vertical ability so we've been here for you know almost a year and a half now we've been lifting this weight for that that period of time and, and uh, so we're starting to kind of reap the benefits of that and we saw it in track uh, this past year we were qualified for regionals in the relays and so our guys that are fast are fast and and uh so we we Last year, that probably wasn't the case. Our skill guys weren't faster than everybody else's. And, and when you're a coach and you're trying to scheme up ways to be successful and you're not faster than the other team and you're not bigger than the other team, it, it obviously is a is an immense challenge. So we're seeing the, the effects of, of how we're lifting and how we're, we're running the, the off-season program uh, you know, on video so far. Well, Coach, you're coming off a, a pretty good win over uh, a Hubbard team, which is your alma mater. And, uh, you know, we know about Levi Leathers, your, your freshman quarterback, who looks like he's doing pretty good, and your son, Colden Horn, and, and Kelby Hollingsworth, the, the kind of the names we know at Axtell. And we talked about a little bit before we recorded, you had some other guys kind of step up against Hubbard and Troy Arlett and Ethan Porter. Uh, tell us about those guys. Troy is arguably our best athlete. He uh, he's probably our faster, fastest kid. Uh, he can he can if he played basketball, he'd be able to jump out of the gym. I mean he, he he's got tremendous vertical ability. He's got tremendous uh, ability to to get from point A to point B really really quickly. Uh, and some of that's starting to to show itself on the football field. He he, he does a good job attacking the football. He he goes up and, and catches the ball really really well. So. You know, I, I, one of the reasons that you're probably seeing somebody like Troy a little more than you would have saw last year is last year we had Colton at quarterback, and 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 that was more of a wildcat situation where we were having to trick people when we did throw the football, and and we're running the ball quite a bit and setting up play action pass and whatnot. And so 
uh, Troy's opportunities were were a lot more limited than they are this year. And uh, so Troy, again, being a great athlete and, and doing things he does, and, and you combine him with Levi, who has the ability to distribute the football all over the field, and, and it's obvious that Troy is going to be a, a much bigger factor. And then Ethan's a kid that, that's worked hard for us last year. He was a quarterback on JV, uh, did a good job for us down there. And uh, he, he's a big kid. He's a tall kid, and um, he's got some athletic ability. And so he's just kind of trying to find his niche where he can help the football team. He, he's our backup quarterback. Uh, but with Levi, you know, his opportunities to get on the field and in, in, in that capacity are, are going to be limited. So uh, we, we know he's got good hands, and he obviously understands the passing game because he's the backup quarterback. So we've got him in, involved in the offense playing tight end, but he can play receiver too. And um, he's got a knack for finding finding ways to get open, and, and Levi's got pretty good vision. So Levi's been able to find him, and, and he's been a big part. Got touchdown pass, game winning touchdown pass over in Dawson, and then this week, you know, again he, he found found space, and Levi got the ball to him. So two kids that you know, if, if we were still wildcatting things, you probably wouldn't hear a lot of. But now with Levi being in the fold, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more guys with the ability to touch the football. Well, let's talk about your quarterback, Levi uh, Leathers. Um, you ever started a freshman quarterback before? And, you know, how's the learning curve going with him? Yeah, I've started a few freshman quarterbacks, and, and uh, that's just what it is. It, it's starting freshman quarterbacks for the most part. <laughs> Levi's a little different. Uh, he, he's used to being successful in most things that he does, and He's a tall kid. He's about 6'3", 180, so it's not your standard, you know, your typical freshman. I think he's he barely, he's barely 14, so it's not like he's a 16-year-old freshman. He's uh, Eligibility-wise, he'd still be in the eighth grade. And uh, But he, he, he's the prototypical quarterback. He's tall. He's got a good arm. He's got good vision. And that's why we're playing him there. We didn't hand it over to him. He's earned it. And uh, he's done a good job with it. But he, he's accurate. Like I said, the arm strength's there. <clears throat> he can make all the throws that, that we need him to. And, and he's got weapons. So right now he he really just has to be the, the delivery mechanism of the football. And uh, as, he, as he grasps that, his role will increase. And we'll ask some more things of him. But so far he's doing a phenomenal job. And it looks like your defense has been playing really well. Now, last uh, when y'all played Dawson, they got a pretty good running back. You know, uh, y'all held them to 20 points. Uh, how are you feeling about your defense this year? Well, we're getting better. It, it's it, it's another one of those situations where week to week you, you try to build on the successes and, and address your, your weaknesses from uh, from the previous game. But, you know, we're not real big. So we, we've, we're understanding that for us to be successful, we've got to play defense as aggressively as possible. Uh, kind of a, a, a play on terms is, is with our defensive front, we, we kind of have to play defense offensively. So we've got to take the initiative and we've got to attack the, our opposition's offensive line because the odds are we're going to be smaller than they are by quite a bit. And so if we're aggressive and we attack, attack opposing offenses and, and uh, then that make the tackle when we get there has probably been our biggest issue so far. We're, we're getting to the point of contact quickly. It's just now we got to get people on the ground and we've got to quit missing tackles and, and having run-throughs and whatnot. But So we're addressing those things. and talk about, t- you know, when you're not very big, you got to go tackle low. And that was one of the things in the Dawson game. They had a big running back and we tried to tackle too high. And that's that's really where they had their successes. So, you know, week to week, just having a better understanding of who we are and, and what gives us the best opportunity to be successful at this point in the season, that, that should be a known quantity. So uh, I, I would say that to, to build on that and to continue to get better, we've got to get a little bit more multiple in our looks and, and uh, again, get some more confidence in, in some of those areas and, and we should be in good shape. All right, you got your district opener this Friday, or no, this Thursday, actually, right? You're playing on Thursday night, correct? It's Thursday, yeah. Thursday. Uh, Cayuga, who uh, I believe was your only district loss last year, uh, you know, they, they're a, a kind of a running team. They got a tandem of running backs that do pretty well over there. What are you expecting out of Cayuga? Well, I think they're 
they're just going to try to line up runovers. And like I said, we're not very big, so that is our kryptonite. Uh, we, if we have an Achilles heel, that's it. You know, we we just we, we can't get any bigger between now and Thursday, and so we're just going to have to again be as aggressive as we can and try to play on that side of the line of scrimmage. So I expect to line up and just try to to run it right up our throats and or down our throats and and. Uh, you know that that's probably a good game plan for them if i was them i'd be thinking the exact same thing so we we think we have a good plan we're going to try to try to stop them from getting vertical on us and try to try to make them run sideline to sideline where we we should have the speed advantage so uh but it is it's going to be our biggest challenge that we've we've had so far and and it potentially matchup wise could be the biggest challenge we have in district play all right, man. Hey, we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime down the line. Hey, I appreciate it, Kenny. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Axe Longhorns, Coach Craig Horn. Thanks again to Coach Horn, as always, for joining us. We had, we had him on a couple of times last year as well. Always a great time uh, with Axe head coach Craig Horn. And now let's dive into this game, Kenny. Now, we were just talking about it. This game... It'll be played on Thursday night. The The day this podcast comes out, it, the game will be played tonight. Yep. So um, it'll be played at Axtell. KU get tuned to Axtell 4 0. Is this for the district championship? Uh, I think so, pretty much. And I think, like uh, Coach Horn said, uh, you know, they're going to have to stop the run. KU is going to come out and want to push it right down our throat. And he's like, that's what I would do if I was, you know, just to repeat what he said. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, if somebody's going to game plan for that, you know, Coach Horn, for a, I don't know that he still does it, but for a long time, like when he was at Itasca and he was at Hubbard, he was his own defensive and offensive <laughs> coordinator. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's a defensive guy and offensive guy. So, uh, it's going to be a good game. I think Axel just better than they were last year. I don't think KU is really, you know, as, as good, good as they were mm-hmm. I uh, agree. last year. So, uh I like Craig. You know, I've known him for a long time, so I root for Axtell, and uh, I think they got a better team this year. I think it's a different team, like he said, with that quarterback. Although he's a freshman, you know, the kid is a heck of an athlete, and he's got, uh, you know, the we talked about the Troy Arlett kid. We talked to Kelby uh, uh, Hollinsworth, mm-hmm. uh, his son Colton Horn, who was a, a district MVP last year. So they've got plenty of weapons. And uh, I think it's just key for their defense to, you know, to, to muddy the water and, and just kind of get uh, Cayuga off the field, you know. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't know if – I think you have the same. I think we both have Axel winning this one. I don't know if they'll go out there and win by 30 or 40 or anything. I think they're going to win comfortably, though. I mean, they've won pretty comfortably so far. Through their first four games, they've outscored their opponents 181 to 23. Yeah, and their schedule hadn't been great. But, yeah. you know, I think last week against uh, Dawson was a good little primer mm-hmm. for them to play because uh, yeah. Dawson's run heavy, really mm-hmm. good running back over there. And and that said something about the Axel, this Axel team, too, because prior to that, they've just been dominating teams. They just, you know, just, ru- you know, Huge halftime leads and then just coasting in the second half. They had to come back to beat Dawson and to and that you know being put in that position. I think as a as a team as a coach, when your team's out there just going out and dominating everybody, you need those type of wins to where you have hey you're down and you know it's you know nut cutting time. You go out there towards the end and you come out on top and come back fashion. Those are the type of wins that good teams have. So I think that was a huge test for them. And who knows? You know, Cayuga. Um, you know, this was Cayuga's district last year. They're a little bit down than they compared to last year. But you know, this game's at Axtell again. I think Axtell will win comfortably, but. Axel has proved if they're if they're down late in the game, they can come back and win it. You know, they have no problem scoring the football. They've played solid defense all years so far. So Yeah, I, and I think I, if they can't stop the run and it turns into a kind of a shootout type mm-hmm. game, I think Axel has the kids, the personnel mm-hmm. to to do that. So Yeah, I agree. I, I think Axel will probably win comfortably. And yeah, I think this I think you're right. I think this is for the district championship, you know. And that seems to be the case with a lot of these districts. A couple just 
two or three other games we talked about earlier that, you know, it's week one or two of the district season, but this could very well be for a district championship. So it'll be a great game again. This will be played Thursday night. So the day this podcast comes out, it'll be played tonight at Axtell. So if you don't have any plans, get out there and check out this Axtell team, man. It's been a long time since they've started off 4-0 and and probably even a longer time since they've been in a position to secure a district championship you know, win or even or you know set themselves up in great position to do so. So it'll be a great game. Cayuga at Axtell. And that is the end of our week five preview. And now, uh, Kenny, let's jump over to our pick'ems. And we have some news in this one. Uh, Jay Black no longer uh, joining us on these. A uh, little busy o- over there at work and other commitments as well. So, Jay Black no longer with us on the pick'ems. Yeah, Jay called and he said, man, I'm just swamped, you know. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, I've got other things going on. I just don't have the time to put in to research these games. Mm-hmm. And I've known Jay since I was a teenager. He's a great dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, hey, no problem. And then I asked Ryan, I said, hey, you know what? Let's call Curtis Quillen, former uh, sports director at KCEN, and mm-hmm. see if he wants to do it. And he was like, heck yeah, let's do it. So now Curtis, we got Curtis joining us, and he's going to do our, he's going to be our third on the picks. Good deal. So let's jump right into it, Kenny. So uh, the first game on our pickums, we have Belton on the road at Pflugerville. Who do you have in this one? I got Belton, and so does Curtis. And I'll take the Tigers on the road uh, as well. Then we have an interesting battle here. Clifton at Millsap. I'll take the Cubs in this one. I got the Cubs. Curtis is going Millsap. Like it. Heiko at Frost. Who do y'all got in this one? I got Heiko. Curtis has Frost. I'm going to take Heiko in this one. Let's go. Uh, Let's be a tough one here. Bernie at Salado. Tough one for Salado. I'm going to take Bernie. Yeah, Bernie across the board. And we got Colleen Shoemaker at Colleen Ellison. Rivalry matchup here. Who do you got? Uh, we got Shoemaker and Shoemaker. I'm going to take Shoemaker as well. Kearns at Itasca. Give me the Wampus Cats. Uh, Curtis has the Wampus Cats. I got Kearns. Then we got Colleen High. The Kangaroos at Granberry. I don't know if you saw this last week. Uh, for the first time since the 2021 season, or maybe the 2020 season. I'll have to check that. But Cleburne finally got a win when they beat Granbury last week, 13-6. to And shout-out to my former <laughs> offensive line coach in high school, Coach Rogers. He's over at Cleburne now. So, okay. yeah, he's the offensive line coach there. there coach Woodard. Uh, yep, yep. And uh, he, I, te- I, te- I texted him on a – Late Friday night after the game, and he was like, "How about how about those Yellow Jackets?" He's like, <laughs> he said they really needed that win. They went zero and ten last year, and they were zero for heading into that game as well. So they got a great win over a Granbury team that was scoring a lot of points, and they held Granbury to six. So a nice win there for Cleburne. So with that being said, I'm going to take Colleen in this game. Colleen across the board. Hillsboro at Robinson. I'm going to stick with the Rockets. Uh, Curtis has the Rockets. I got the Eagles. Like it. We have Waco High traveling to Lake Belton. I got the lake here. Yeah, across the board. Hubbard at Wortham. Who do you got in this one? I got Wortham. Curtis has Wortham. I'm going to take Wortham as well. Chaparral at University. Give me the Trojans. Yep, Trojans. Gatesville at Godley. Interesting matchup here. Godley has still yet to get a win, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to take Gatesville. Yeah, we all got Gatesville. Moody at Valley Mills. Who do y'all got? I got Moody. Curtis has the Eagles. I'm going to go Valley Mills. I'm going to go Valley Mills on this one. Lorena at Yo. Give me the Leopards. Uh, You got the Leopards. Curtis and I will go Yo. May Pearl at Grandview. Zebras. Yep, Zebras. La Vega at Dallas Roosevelt. I'll take the Pirates. Yep, Pirates. Franklin at McGregor. Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin across the board. Shout out Coach Shields over at McGregor, though. Crawford at Rosebud Lot. I'll take the Pirates. I got the Pirates. Uh, Curtis is going RL. I like it. Dallas Madison at West. This would be an interesting matchup here. Who do you have in this one? Trojans versus Trojans. Yeah, here. I got West, and so does Curtis. I'm going to take West as well and get a nice bounce back win. Uh, Riesel at Bruceville Eddy. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I got Riesel, Coach Robert Little. I'm going to take Riesel as well. What about Curtis? He's got Riesel. And we got Connolly at Brownwood. 
I'm going to assume we got Connolly across the board. Uh, Curtis is going Brown. Oh, okay. All right, taking the unbeaten Lions. Mejia at Grosbeck. I'm going to take the Goats. I got the Goats. Curtis has the Black Cats. Midway at Hutto in a district matchup. Who do you got in this one? I got Hutto. I'm going to take the Hippos as well. What Curtis about? has Midway. Okay. Troy at Academy. I got Academy. Yeah, LRA. Uh, Bosqueville at Marlin. Who do y'all got here? Uh, we got Marlin. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Marlin as well. And then Pflugerville-Weiss at Harker Heights, a game we talked about at the top of the show with our Matt Step question of the week. Yeah, you had a look there. What, 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 are, you, what are you thinking about this well, game? Well, I've got Harker Heights. Uh, Curtis has Weiss, and so... I'll take the Knights. You got the Knights. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Knights. And that is our week five pickums. We got Axtell and we left Axtell. Oh, oh yeah, we KU did leave Axtell. I'm sorry. Uh, Axtell and Cayuga. I'll take Axtell. Yeah, Axtell across the board. And that will do it officially for our week five pickums. And that's going to do it for us on the show today. Thanks again for tuning in to the Central Texas Football Podcast, the week five 2023 season edition. Kenny, any parting words? Uh, Y'all be safe if you're traveling this weekend. Go watch a football game and uh, be careful. Yes, sir. Best time of the year and district plays just getting started. The the season's really starting to heat up now. Uh, Go out and have some fun, man. Stay safe, as Kenny said. And thanks again for tuning in to the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again to our guests, Hillsborough head football coach Stephen Almute and Axtell head football coach Craig Horn. And again, as always, thanks to uh, Matt Stepp for his question of the week. And thanks to Curtis Quillen for joining us on our week five pickums and hopefully the rest of the season. And thanks again to you once more for tuning in. If you need to reach out to us for any questions, concerns, you can uh, direct message us on any of our social media platforms. We're at CTFP Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook at Central Texas Football Podcast or or you can email us at ctfppodcast at gmail.com. That's ctfppodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy week five of the Texas high school football season. We'll talk to you all next week.